Welcome to the Heal Everything Podcast with none other than Tama Aziz Serwa. You are not here by coincidence. This is a sacred space for the holy, ratchet woman who knows that she has the power to heal everything. I'm going to help you learn some new things, create a legacy of healing, elevate your mind. You do not want to miss an episode of this podcast. So make sure you subscribe and you share and you favorite us. And invite your sisters because we're about to have a powerful conversation. Tune in. Welcome, welcome, welcome to season two, episode two of the Heal Everything podcast. Our topic tonight is what do you do when the relationship is dead, but the love continues to live? And I'm going to tell you up front what to do. Kill the relationship. Keep the love. I am very clear that I got to a point in my life where I had to really unpack why quote unquote relationships became so important to me. I mean, I would be in kindergarten getting marriage proposals my entire life especially as a girl, as a woman, became about who loves me until I really, 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 really fell in love with myself. Why is this topic important? Because the thing that kills healthy interactions between people, it's not the agreement as much as it is the expectations that drive the agreements that we make, the fact that you think having someone say, I do, guarantees you happiness, guarantees you companionship. Some of the things that we have put on a pedestal must come down. We must change our values, what's important to us. And we have to start learning how to source our joy, our satisfaction, our happiness, our fulfillment from within so that by the time we are interacting with someone else, it's not a trauma bonding energy. It's I'm whole and I am just present I'm available. I'm interested. Let's put this in its proper context. Let's first define what a relationship is. Because you literally have people who believe that because I love you, that must mean I'm in a relationship with you. And here's the key difference. Here's the perspective I want to give you. I am love. Take your your finger and tap right in between your eyebrows. And as you're tapping, say, I am love. So now, my love, what are you looking for? That which you seek, you are. So if I redefine love as myself, now... I don't need to over glorify it when it's present because it's not something that I'm feeding off of outside of myself. 
I am love. So I'm not easily impressed by the love that you are because I'm love too. So now the relationship isn't an emotion that I hold for you. It isn't sentiment. (laughs) It isn't just feeling. The relationship is the expression of how we interact. So if I'm love, I do loving things. When I love someone in action, I listen intensely. I observe, I interact, right? I'm consistent, I'm present, I'm this, I'm that, right? We have a list of behaviors that we track that let us know if the person I'm interacting with is resonating on the same vibration that I call love. And what happens often is that people get wrapped up in the sensationalism of attraction, connection, and chemistry. And they make poor choices based upon having a connection with someone. What would be an example of that? Well, because I feel connected to you, I'm going to take a vow to you for the rest of my life. Even though the connection may have been designed to only last for a certain period of time, I'm going to make all of these permanent life decisions because it feels good. Take your feelings off of the pedestal. Some of you need to demote your feelings. You overglorify them. You give them way too much rule and dominion and, and energy. And just because you feel something doesn't mean it's valid. There are things you will feel that just need to pass. Right? So I've said this in another episode. I, I have been on the elevator and felt a deep soulful spiritual connection and was wise enough to leave that connection right on that elevator so when you are not grounded in a healthy definition of a relationship and my spiritual father explained it to me like this years ago he said Tama you can't walk into a room and point out a relationship What you will be able to identify is two people interacting a certain way that leaves you clues about their dynamic. That there's some affection there, that there's some tenderness there, that there's some chemistry there. You're going to connect to a lot of people. Matter of fact, if if you really, really want to go there, let's go there in the conversation. You're already connected to everything and everyone. Maybe that's a different podcast topic. My philosophy around oneness. You already are connected. So just having these feelings of connection and chemistry is insufficient data to make a major life decision about your heart. You need More than that, my love. Let's talk about compatibility. Because there is a difference between chemistry, connection, and compatibility. 
Compatibility is much more practical, grounded. If it could be an element, it would be earth. Compatibility says you fine (laughs) and your vibration is strong, but your credit score is too low for the lifestyle I want to (laughs) live. I'm just keeping it real. We're going to have an honest conversation. Your credit score is too low. I've had friends say, oh, Tame, I think that brother would be good for you. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I love him. So what y'all going to do next? Nothing. We're going to keep doing what we're doing the way we're doing it because this works right at this level. And I'm very clear about it. I ain't trading no assets with him. He ain't got none. Our lifestyle will be dependent upon my credit score, my assets. And I know what that feels like for me. For me, that begins to feel and feed the old version of me that takes on too much responsibility for outcomes. So I've I've done enough self-study to understand what nourishes me and what does not. And, And men who have been able to crack the cold on their flow of abundance, financially, emotionally, and spiritually, nourishes me in relationships. Those are the type of men that I like to go deeper with and consider building a lifestyle with. I'm much more compatible with that energy. That does not mean that I don't have capacity to interact, engage, and love men who are in transition or who are still trying to figure out who they are, right? As I've said in some of our other episodes, and if you haven't been listening to each one, you're missing some nuggets, so go back and listen to the replays. As I've said in each episode, I am very masterful with my love. And I properly place people in my life. I do not treat someone like the potential I see in them. I interact with them exactly as they are. You're never going to catch me again making a vow, a covenant relationship to somebody's potential. If I need you to change to be fulfilled, then how compatible are we really? Write that down. If I need you to change for me to be fulfilled and feel good and well-nourished in this relationship, then how compatible are we really? When you say I want a healthy relationship, I want a relationship. What are you really looking for? What's the temperature running? I'm at a stage in my life where it's very simple for me. I'm not looking for anything. I am being. I'm being. So that beingness and being centered in the moment, moment by moment, 
and practicing the skill of being mindful and fully present to the opportunities to exchange love has allowed me a lot of freedom. I'm no longer going into experiences with people immediately trying to set anything up. I'm not placing demands on people to be anything or define anything for me. Just because I feel a certain vibration with you and have a certain level of connection doesn't give you the right to sit at the decision-making table of my life. Those seats are VIP seats in my heart. Not that people don't have valuable perspective or any of that. I have not collected enough data to know if we're compatible. I don't know enough about you. I might need more time to really sit in your energy, witness you. Or I might need to have certain layers of interaction with you. And I'm not attached to the order of the interaction. I don't care if the sex comes first, the conversations come first, the sharing of your family history. It doesn't matter what order it comes in, but I know what kind of data, what kind of information that I need to measure compatibility, to know that we hold similar values, philosophies, morals, and capacity. It's one thing for you to meet me intellectually and be able to talk the same language. It's another thing to see you walk, but you talk. And I think a lot of times people struggle with being honest with themselves about the capacity they're seeing right in front of them. And because they get so infatuated with connection and sentiment and chemistry, they will trade what they know they need to be secure in a dynamic just for small, unsustainable moments of connection. But compatibility is for the long haul. So let's take it even deeper. Compatibility and the criteria for compatibility goes through changes. Why? Because people change. You are not the woman you were at the beginning of your teenage years, right? You know more than you knew then. So naturally, what would resonate with you would change at a soul level, at an energetic level, principles, values, etc. And vice versa. So the other mistake that people make is when they establish an agreement with someone about how they're going to interact, a.k.a. a relationship, they think that that is an eternal covenant. It's like a living document. It's like a living agreement. It's supposed to be fluid. It's supposed to flow. It's supposed to be revisited. If you took vows, those vows are supposed to be re-examined as you evolve and you change. Yeah, babe, I said, you know, at the beginning of our relationship that I wasn't going to, you know, see anybody else. I only wanted to be with you. But maybe I have different needs now. Maybe I actually 
need permission to change our agreement so that there is no narrative of hurt and betrayal. One of the things we can say in our dynamic that is consistent is honesty. I'm being honest. I want to do something outside of you. I want to do things and have experiences that I know go against the original agreement we set up. We need a new agreement. Relationships die. And death could look like I no longer resonate with you. We're no longer compatible. Let's go in a different direction. But majority of the time, what death of a relationship looks like is transformation. I'm no longer a caterpillar. I'm now a butterfly. Same being, but completely different anatomy and function and purpose. And people in relationships don't give the relationship permission to die. Why is that? Well, I like the perspective that Harville Hendricks gives in his book, Getting the Love You Want, A Guide for Couples. This book has been out for over 20 years. Um, And him and his wife, Helen, did a lot of work around helping couples understand what drives what they're looking for when it comes to love. And so I'm going to read a quick excerpt from the book. And this is the uh, revised and updated version. And so it says on page 81, Um, And this is in the topic of the stages of the power struggle. Uh, It says, for the sake of clarity, I would like to reduce the discussion in these first five chapters to its simplest form. First of all, y'all going to want to write this down because this will change how you do relationships for the rest of your life if you really, really integrate it. First of all, we choose our partners for two basic reasons too. Number one, they have both the positive and the negative qualities of the people who raised us. Number one, you are with the person you are with right now. You are attracted to in covenant with in connection with the people you are in relationship with right now. Number one, you are with them because that person has both the positive and the negative qualities of the people who raised you. Yep. Second reason. They compensate for positive parts of our being that were cut off in childhood. He gets me. He understands me. He sees me. He's rewarding me and affirming and doing all these things that I wish my daddy had did, but he ain't see me the way he sees me. I'm drawn to this compensation for the positive parts of my being that were cut off in childhood. We enter the relationship with the unconscious assumption that our partner will become a surrogate parent and make up 
for all the deprivation of our childhood. <laughs> ah, that's why you be having all these trauma bonds and toxic expectations and unhealthy demands. This is why you haven't mastered being emotionally self-sufficient because you keep trying to establish that dream fantasy relationship that will make up for all the deprivation of your childhood. You think that all you have to do is be healed by forming a close, lasting relationship. If I could just find the one over and over again, then whatever I'm looking for within myself should be in that person. No, 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 no. So there are times that I'm in a covenant relationship and I'll kill the relationship. What does that mean? I'll kill how we're interacting with each other to transform the interaction. So I can preserve the covenant. I can love you, but know that the way in which we are functioning is turning into a domain where I will become um, codependent versus interdependent. And so when it when it starts leaning into I can't live if living is without and all of that, yeah. Okay, I am getting uh usually digmatized, my nose is wide open, and I am forming an unhealthy attachment to the energy of this person because I can be gluttonous sometimes, and I know that about myself. When something is delicious and yummy, I feast. So my area of mastery has been balancing my appetite emotionally. Learning how to be full. Learning how to feed myself and not feed off of other people. And now I live in a space of emotional self-sufficiency where I'm intentional about how I attach, connect, interact, love, share, build, grow. I'm not casual about it at all because I've already been on the other side. There was a study uh, done that says people react to breakups uh, the same way people react to drug rehab. At a physiological level. Yeah, it's because of what we what our expectations are of a relationship and our definitions. What we think the purpose and function of relationships is supposed to be. And let's be clear, we're talking about romantic exchanges, but this goes across the board for me. Even in my friendships, even in business relationships, I treat them all with the same principles and values across the board. I actually can live with or without you. Okay. And people who are in that clarity that their life is their own and that they are responsible for their joy, happiness, healing, and full recovery are healthier in interactions with other people. It's the people who want the interaction with you to supplement the work they need to do on themselves that end up creating these unhealthy dynamics. But yes, I love you and I can live without you. Because what I'm not going to do is give up my life. (laughs) 
this one. I'm just not. And honestly, I didn't grow up with that kind of thinking. I grew up uh, with the cultural, you know, narrative of Cinderella. And I just, oh, I will perish without finding the love. And the whole Romeo, Juliet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I grew up with all of that. And was suffering in frustration. Because the reality is no man could could fill the voids that were created. And now looking back, I realize how unfair it would have been to expect any of them to. But when I was with them, I did. I, it was like there would be moments where there would be no arguments, nothing's wrong, but I still felt like but I still don't have enough. I still don't feel that void closed. What is it? So if you forgot to take the trash out or left dishes in the sink, I'm popping. I'm going off because I'm looking for something outside of myself. And I'm just here to remind you that what you're looking for, it's in you. What your mother didn't give you, you are your mother now. Reparent that inner child. What your daddy didn't give you, you are your father now. Balance your divine masculine and feminine energies within yourself. And when that little child begins to cry out from being triggered, because that happens from time to time, we're human. An event happens or a phrase is said or a certain tone is taken and that trigger fires. That's your opportunity to say, I got you. I will be with you in this moment. What do you need? And once you take care of yourself, then re-engage with your partner in a whole healthy vibration. So you mean to tell me, Tama, my relationship, my love life isn't supposed to be about being rescued from my pain and, and all of that? Yeah, love makes you feel good, but love can be addictive too. Anything out of balance is not in order. So these glorifications of love, this whole idea of being rescued, this is why we have so many men right now with a hero complex. They don't know who they are outside of what they can do for a woman or for a partner. All they know is I got to work. I got to, I got to have a, I got to be able to do, I got to do, I got to do. And I tell the brothers that I work with, you need to figure out how to be who you are outside of the work you do and what that work produces. This is why we have so many women looking for somebody to do, to take over their lives and and provide at a certain level so they can just retreat into a, a way of being that's not really honoring their creativity. It's crazy that I used to want to be dependent on a man for my livelihood. But that was the little girl in me whose fathers died too soon. That's all. 
My biological father passed when I was one. My father that raised me from two passed in 2017. All I saw was women working and working hard. So I was looking for what does it look like to have a man add resources in a way that creates rest for a woman. And then one day I learned to create rest for myself. And when I opened my eyes, I was surrounded by men who do the same. And when we ran into each other, we were able to rest in the energy that we had cultivated within our own lifestyles. Relationships should die. They should have phases. That's all I'm saying. And you should learn how to honor the phase that a relationship is in. I believe in conscious uncoupling. Right? I believe that if we both recognize that we're not going to be in this kind of intimate space, let's funeralize. Let's eulogize. Let's honor what we have both given and not use anger, rage, resentment to pivot because we actually have other tools. Let's use our words. Let's say goodbye. (laughs) How many people bounce and don't even say goodbye? But goodbye is an energy. And it too is just as sacred as hello. Right? So to assume that just because you have love for someone, that means you're always going to be in interaction with them and you're always going to need to be connected. And No, that's not, that's not realistic. That's not honoring our human nature. We are human beings. We fluctuate, we change, we evolve, we devolve, we do all of that. Can, can, You just be who you are and allow people to interact with you in the truth of who they are and you take care of you and let them take care of them. And sometimes that works in close proximity and sometimes it doesn't. Right? But can you learn to just let it be? See, the issue is you cannot give what you don't have and most of you aren't okay enough with yourself to be okay with other people. You can't give a level of acceptance you haven't given yourself. So you treat people the way you do. If you're hard on yourself, you're hard on other people. Your expectations of yourself are unreasonable. Your expectations of other people are unreasonable. It comes back full circle. Yes, it all begins and ends with you. If this conversation has fed your soul, I'm going to ask you to do two things. Number one, share this podcast episode with someone that you think this will bless. Copy the link and say, you know what? I just had this conversation and I really, really think it will be a blessing to you. So that's one thing I want you to do. The second thing I want you to do is uh, look on our anchor link, anchor.fm forward slash heal everything. You'll see an area where you can give some money to this podcast. 
And I think you should. Why? For a couple of things. Well, money is com- is common language, number one, but it's a seed, right? So this reminds me of the moments in church where the preacher's preaching real good and throw money on, on the uh, floor, on the altar at the preacher's feet because I want to nurture the intimacy that I exchange through being a teacher and educator. And so when I give you something and when somebody is a blessing to you and do this across the board in any room you're in, when somebody blesses you, you bless them back. It's called the law of compensation and the law of reciprocity. And yes, listen, I'm going to have all the money I need regardless. It's not about that for me. It's about the energy and the exchange. So now that I've given you something that you need, what do you want to give back? So those are the two requests that I'm making of you, that you sow into the teachings that I am providing these conversations. Um, If you're in a position to do so, if not, there are other ways you can bless me and sit with that and and decide how you want to exchange energy with me. And then also share this link with someone that needs to hear this conversation and that you think this could bless them. Um, and then the last thing that I want to put on your radar is our Power of Pleasure Masterclass starts 10-11. I don't want you to miss this. If it resonates with you, please, please, please come into the class. We're in early registration until August 30th. And the rate for the class in early registration is $299. It's a six-week experience. I teach you how to take care of your sensual and sexual health and how to make your sexuality sacred, a sacred spiritual practice. It's a life-changing experience. I want you to be there if it resonates with you. After August 30th, the registration rate doubles to $4.99. So now is the time to take action and come into that process. And again, we start 10-11 and it runs for six weeks. We have a group coaching call every week. And in between the coaching calls, we have group interaction and check-ins and activities and things that we do that align with the content of this masterclass. All right. So as always, I enjoy our time together. Meet me in our Facebook group, Let the Womb Be Heard, for our podcast after hours, where we can exchange your ahas from the podcast episode tonight and talk in greater detail about what you really, really heard that you needed to hear and that was a blessing to you in tonight's episode. So I'm going to head over there. I'll meet you there. Peace. So before I forget, we have a feature with our podcast where you can respond to the conversation with a voice message. All you have to do to be included in the dialogue is go to anchor.fm forward slash heal everything forward slash message. It'll pick up your microphone and you can record your response to any of our podcast episodes. So go ahead and enjoy this upcoming episode. Tune in, take your notes. And when it's all said and done, you are welcome to send a voice message so we can hear your reaction to it. I love you.